This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 39, as the New York Rangers have finally, for the first time in seemingly a long time, been able to rattle off a couple wins and string a little win streak together, four in a row to be precise. Hey everybody, it's Andy. I hope you enjoyed your Super Bowl Sunday. I'm actually recording this uh, during the halftime. I have Usher roller skating on the screen next to me. This is dedication, folks. The big game is on. Uh, I had so much going on this weekend, I haven't been able to get to the podcast until now. But that's fine. We're going to make it happen. A pretty interesting game right now between Kansas City and San Francisco. But no matter who you root for, hopefully if you put some money down, you you got a return on your investment. And hopefully you get to enter the workplace on Monday with some bragging rights. So, But back to the topic at hand being... The New York Hockey Rangers, like I'd said, after a difficult period of time prior to the All-Star break, the Rangers have seemingly at least been able to find some of their previous form, better defensive efforts as of late, although granted, their probably their worst defensive effort came with a lapse in, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it, uh, but in their last game against Chicago, going in basically up 3-1 in the third period, just lackadaisical play because they thought they had the game in uh, the bag against the worst team in the league. And lo and behold, you take your foot off the gas and just thought they could stop skating. And Chicago made them pay for two goals and it goes to overtime and it's looking realistic. that The Rangers might blow this game against one of the shittiest uh, teams in the league. So fortunately, they are able to get the win in overtime off of a Mikasvanajad goal off of a pretty nice feed from his uh, buddy Chris Kreider. But it was a game that even though the Rangers won, it kind of felt like they lost, if that makes any sense. It was old habits creeping back into their game. Igor, I thought, was good in that game when he had to be, and the goals against him were not his fault. And listen, he has not been up to par recently, but none of those shots were on him. He's not in, he's trying to get back to his footing, and he's not in Igor form where he can just like miraculously fight through tip pucks and and like see things in traffic right now. I think he can get back to there. That's where Jonathan Quick's at, and we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But Igor, for the most part, made all the saves that he pretty much had a chance uh, stopping. You know, at the, the ones that beat him were deflections and tips and just goal mouth uh, high chips and things that just, yeah, he's just not going to have a chance on if the Rangers refuse to tie up sticks or play fail to clear pucks or play defense in front of their own net. And honestly, in a lot of ways, a lot of the problems with this game, or at least the last game versus the Blackhawks, some of it's on Peter Laviolette because he was experimenting with lines, trying to get Mika going, you know, on the first line. There was actually a lot of experimenting going on. And I think that just sent a message to the players like this team is so bad that we can afford to mess around and treat this like a practice, you know, different looks on the power play, uh, trying everyone, switching players in through the first line, trying Panarin up with Kreider and Mika for a little bit, trying Lafreniere, not trying Jimmy Vesey, which I've been calling for for a while, but, you know, it's just just trying to get 
some offense going. Um, the good news is, whereas Mika is still, other than his overtime goal, is still pretty ice cold five on five, uh, it seems the dam feels like it's about to, or has broken for Alexi Lafreniere. Three goals in his last four games, and he's just been getting so many chances that you just know that hopefully this season, especially when this team needs him in the postseason, but at some point, if he continues his career getting all these chances, he's going to convert one year just based on sheer PDO regressing to what it should be and is going to be at least a 30-goal scorer, which is awesome. You know, I mean, it's a good It's good this, this year he breaks out. He's watching a guy like Panarin who's shooting the puck so much more often this year. That's a good... Uh, that's a, basically a good example for a developing player. Shoot the puck when you get a chance, and good things will happen. And although it was upsetting, a bit of a letdown, just letting Chicago get back in that game, it still stands that the Rangers, in the last four games, they beat two teams that are pretty poor in the Ottawa Senators and the Chicago Blackhawks, but then they beat two pretty good teams in the Colorado Avalanche and the Lightning, and just holding them to... Uh, each one goal. And it seems that when they're being attentive to their defensive structure, like they were earlier in the year, they can limit chances and force the teams to play low event hockey, which works to their favor because they're, although it's been ice cold, if they can get their special teams going again, that'll be good for them. And hopefully after the trade deadline, Chris Drury can target some of the things that woe this, uh, things that ail this team and hopefully shore up some of the scoring. Um, it's been pretty, you'd think this close to the trade deadline, we'd start hearing some rumors about pe- uh, players that the Rangers have checked in on, but haven't heard anything uh, concretely. We know the Rangers notoriously are a tight-lipped organization, and they do their best to not let leaks out, and it felt like that veil was peeled back just ever so slightly in the Jeff Gordon, uh, Jeff Gordon <laughs> uh, administration, but... Now with Chris Drury, he's an old school guy. Same thing, you know, nothing in gets in or out. So, uh, but we'll see, you know, I mean, obviously he will not return this year does open up cap space as James and I have spoken about on previous episodes. Maybe they give them ability to go after players they previously thought they would not be able to go for. Does that change how they approach? Are they still going to go with quantity over quality? Um, And honestly, it's hard to know. I mean, you hope he can pull off some magical he did two seasons ago and just for relatively cheaply get a bunch of players to fill in, you know, getting Vetrano at the time, who was an undervalued asset, who was a big piece for them, uh, even for all of his faults. You know, obviously good offensive player, not so good defensively, but he was gave them the type of scoring they needed, just uh, depth scoring for the playoffs, you know, so and his speed and forechecking ability they really liked. So. Yeah, he, you have to hope there's more shrewdness like that up his sleeve as opposed to last season. They got burned a little bit with the Tarasenko and Kane just going for the more, you know, just I think, uh, although Kane was more of a too good to pass up sort of situation. But yeah, I think that was a good lesson for Drury, just knowing that there is more value to be had by just uh, basically improving the walls of this team as opposed to the artillery, if that makes any sense. But this team does need help scoring because one line can't do it all. So you do figure they're going to try to get uh, players who can score on this team because, it's yeah, you can bring in another defensive-minded player who locks things down. That's great, but you have to score goals at some point. So, And 
Mika's Vanja and Chris Kreider's inability to produce much five on five on the first line is a problem. So who knows? You know, we've heard Pavel Buchnevich's name being mentioned recently. Maybe there's something to be had there, although it would be pretty embarrassing to give up the assets it would take to get Buchnevich back after you gave him up for basically a pittance and Sammy Blay in a second a few seasons ago. So I don't think Drury would... That would be basically admitting he fucked up, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, But, uh, again, you, may, you have to assume that Chris Drury might be looking at... He, hey, hell, he might be looking at another Vitrano-like uh, empty calorie score. Maybe he is looking for Frank, Frank Vitrano. You know, just those guys that... Yeah, they're not perfect, obviously, but they can score goals at the NHL level. The uh, Vitranos and Brandon Peary's of the world, if you will. You know, is Brandon Peary even still in the NHL? Probably not, but whatever. Those sorts of players, what I'm talking about. Just to give everyone a little peek behind the curtain here on the podcast, uh, I've been stopping and pausing this repeatedly to watch the second half of this uh, of the Super Bowl, essentially. So. I'm going to have to do a lot of editing on the back end, but uh, obviously right now uh, focus is a little bit split, but don't worry. Uh, I committed to doing this, so I'm going to get it done. Um, But again, the Rangers have been pretty lucky for their struggles. The rest of the Metro, not really up to par. I mean, they haven't really been able to gain too much separation. They had a lot of separation on every other team in their division. Obviously, they had that uh, basically playing... 500 hockey for the entire month of January, which was horrendous for them. Um, but there still remain four points up on second place Hurricanes, although uh, Carolina does have um, a game in hand on them. But yeah, everyone else, it's uh, been a mixed bag for the rest of the Metro. Flyers having a bit of a rough go of it, up and down. Islanders still under. Patrick Waugh have been a bit of a mixed bag, still losing some, you know, some games. Uh, you know, and the Devils too. Obviously, their goaltending woes continue. So, um, yeah, the Rangers are fortunate to be in the the division they're in. They've, for all their struggles this year, they've or luck has been on their side, and that everyone else in the division uh, has not been good. The Metro might arguably be one of the weaker divisions in the league this year, but that's a good thing for the Rangers, I guess. So, but that being said, that doesn't mean the Rangers can't fall off of playoff spot. You know, if as long as their goaltending can stand up the rest of the way here, the Rangers should be able to at least finish top three in their division. Um, and which brings me to my second point is that obviously there's been a lot of noise made about how good Jonathan Quick has been this season and whether or not he should be the starter over Igor right now because he's arguably playing some of the best hockey he's played in years. And he's come out very strong from the All-Star break, you know, rattling off those two wins against the Lightning and the Avalanche. So, but uh, Labulette has reiterated that Shesterkin is their guy, and rightfully so, because that's the thing. If this team's going to go anywhere, is it going to be on the back of Jonathan Quick? I don't I guess it could, but uh, Igor's the guy, and even when he's just having a rough season by his standards, he's still the guy. And if you're, if you think it's prudent to give up on Igor after one season where he struggled, where every other season with the New York Rangers, he's been a pretty strong performer. Obviously, not as strong as his Vesna season, but for the most part, he's been very good. You know, he had a he had a baby, I believe, in the off season. 
He's, so he's a new father. He's got a lot more responsibilities. We see Meek as a new father too. He's another guy that seems to be struggling. I, I'm not going to comment as to whether or not that has anything to do with it, but obviously it's, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely hard to balance your home life and your, your, uh, professional sports playing life. You know what I mean? So you never know, but just Igor has done enough for this franchise and this organization thus far and showed enough to earn the benefit of the doubt that he will work his way out of it. And I thought he looked much better in the uh, Chicago game. I didn't think any of the goals against were his fault. He obviously looked good at the All-Star game. Hopefully he can continue to build. It looks like they're going to start him again against Calgary, which is good. You have to. I think you can't shelter him because I think that sends a bad message. Just keep continue to stoke his confidence. Say, hey, look, you played good. The goals against were team mess ups, not on you. You looked locked in. You made some pretty big saves, and he looked. He did. He his body language looked different to me, much more composed. So just keep stoking the flames of his confidence because that's you know you're going to need that fire come the postseason. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW YORK 467369. In Connecticut, Help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Pretty interesting news coming out of Rangers practice today uh, as the Rangers recalled both Adam Edstrom and Matt Rempe from the Hartford Wolf Pack. And at least initially, not knowing what was going on, you don't remember there being any injuries to the Rangers. So your head starts kind of going a mile a minute and you're thinking, well, is there a trade impending? Is someone hurt? Is someone going to be out? What's going on? Uh, first of all, just that before we even get into that, I mean, Edstrom and Rempe, that's a lot of size. Uh, Edstrom six, seven Rempe six foot eight. So, and yeah, I guess you have to wonder if the Rangers really want to see what they have in those two. Edstrom got the call up for, what, two games earlier this season where one in which he looked excellent and then the next where he was just fine, you know, and before getting sent back. But then he gets hurt with the Wolf Pack, so he missed a bunch of games. So, um, And then, you know, Rempe is a little bit different. I don't think he has the skill that Edstrom has, but is a tough customer, uh, one of the better fighters in the AHL right now, just ba- honestly, just based on his size. You know, it's hard to stand toe to toe with the guy who's six foot eight. So yeah, maybe the Rangers want to see if his brand of physicality and imposing uh, nature can, what it can do for this team. Um, I don't know if 
Edstrom will play against Calgary by, or excuse me, I don't know if Rempe will get to play against Calgary, but I assume Edstrom will. Maybe he'll he'll take Pitlick's spot. Um, who since Benio has been waived is you know it's been, he's been eh, he's been not really that noticeable. Um, but obviously that call up. Yeah, it was uh, a little strange. Um, Peter Labulette did say after practice that the the guy there was you know the Rangers were going uh, through some things in the room, which I don't know if that means some guys are banged up. He did say he didn't think anyone would miss. I don't know if that means a personal thing. You know, I I don't really know. But obviously, you have to wonder: is that just some obfuscation for his general manager? Are players being showcased? Uh, are are they trying to see what they have before they ship guys out that maybe they can be a replacement from in-house, especially if they're looking to, if they somehow subtract from their bottom six. So yeah, we're not really sure what's going on, but I, at the very least, am excited to see Edstrom get some more action. Cause I thought he was very good in the one, uh, I forget which game he drew in for the Rangers who they were playing, but he looked excellent and just, when you're that big, but you can skate as well as he can, despite being that big, and uh, show display some offensive ability, that's a win. You know, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before we see a player like Brett Berard, who does lead the Hartford Wolfpack in five on five goals, get the call up. Um, but I think for now they're content to let him stay there, and I think for what they're looking for at this moment in time, the clearly the the size of both Rempe and uh, Edstrom is. Something there. Look, I think they want to be a little bit more physically imposing in their, you know, in their bottom six down low, especially with players like Goodrow, you know, really fighting it this year and, and just not much getting not much from uh, Pitlick or, uh, you know, at least they're getting some from VC. But yeah, Goodrow and Pitlick has have not really been lighting, you know, lighting the lamp or moving the needle really. So yeah, they they just need more in their bottom six. So maybe this is just an attempt to take a look at that. I'm going to keep this one short, I think, um, just because I want to finish this game and see how it play, shakes out. But I did want to briefly mention how it seems that the Rangers finally seem to have a little thing going on the third line. I believe that, you know, that Kakuli, Kako, Brodzinski line is, uh, yeah, finally starting to find some rhythm. You know, they've gotten goals from that line for the last few games. Um, Cooley, obviously, this year has been pretty clutch when they've needed him to be with some uh, important goals and, you know, getting in front of the net, mucking it up. But it seems like Brodzinski is finally kind of finding his shot. I think you can tell he might lack the processor to be a very effective NHL player, but that wrist shot's pretty deadly. He had a nice, um, he had a pretty nice goal against the Lightning. Nice little rollout in the corner with a one-timer, putting it uh, high over Vasilevsky. Um, they, he gets another goal against Chicago off of a nice move from Kako, basically deking someone out at the line using his skating. And Kako has been shooting the puck more. And yeah, Brodzinski's there to clean up the rebound. So if that third line can continue to build some chemistry and be productive, that's exactly what the Rangers uh, are looking for. But it, it still remains to be seen if Brodzinski is going to figure into this team in the postseason after moves are made. But I guess we'll see, you know. Um, if he can, like I said, if he can continue to find his shot and use it, that will be his calling card and how he sticks in the NHL, that and obviously speed on the four check. So, uh, yeah, because it's it's a little bit too much to 
he's never going to be a great playmaker. And obviously, I don't think he's the type of player that can tilt the ice when he's out there just based on the skills he does have. But a uh, pretty quick skater, you know, skates hard and has a, a hell of a shot. So if his line mates can make it easier for him to find his spots and get in and uh, just get shots off, that's all you can want. And that's, I think, what Kako uh, is hopefully and Cooley are starting to realize. Just create a wake for each other, the two uh, bigger guys do the work and, you know, down low and then let, uh, yeah, let Brodzinski get uh, basically find soft ice and dangerous ice and take take his shots. And it's a winning combination. Well, thank you, guys. Again, keeping this super short. Uh, Rangers have a big test. Calgary, you know, back to back wins over the Devils and the Islanders, so we shall see if they, they're looking to make it three in a row on this road trip, so I'm sure that'll be a motivating factor for them. The Rangers are trying to keep their win streak alive, and hopefully they have a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth from almost basically uh, messing up that, that game in Chicago. They know they have to be better. Igor's looking to improve upon, uh, or just basically rebuild himself back up. Hopefully the Rangers are willing to in give him the insulation he needs to get his confidence back up and yeah, just keep it rolling because obviously once you get five in a row going, uh, yeah, you're feeling pretty good and all your woes in January are starting to shrink in your rearview mirror. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Voice Podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Voice Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.